It's episode 134 of The Platformers, a show about nerd culture. I'm your host, Brian Barnett. And I'm Joshua Mobley. This week we're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff, including Fire Emblem Three Houses, mm. Evo 2019, mm. Super Mario Maker, Baba Whoa. Is You, and a whole lot more. Uh, I've played some Where would you like to start, my friend? It's been a while. <clears throat> it has been a while. Um, you, are you, are you, I assume that because you put Fire Emblem in here, you've been playing it. Yes. And possibly, dare I say, even enjoying it. Uh, yes. Yeah? You say yes, that, like, uh, trepidatiously, like... I I don't love everything about it. Okay. In fact, some things I think are pretty frustrating, but overall, I am very pleased. This might... Depending on where it goes, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Um, I am in part two of the game. I re- yeah. I'm I'm like I'm like maybe forty five minutes or an hour into part two. Yeah, I've um, heard there is like a distinct sort of like Avengers Endgame moment that happens, and there's like a time jump and stuff in the game. Yes, yes, that. So I I just experienced that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that is, that is part two. And I found out some things about part two that make me want to load my previous save in part one, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure it's far enough before part one for me to be able to resolve one of the things that I wanted to do before. Oh, really? The cutoff that I didn't know was happening. Right. Uh, so... Yeah, so I'm a little bit annoyed at that. Another thing that I think I is mean, I, really, I think you should just roll with it, if, in my opinion. But. I mean, I, I, I'm going to, except when I play it. So so basi- basically what, what I'm referring to is there's, there's a, and I, I guess light spoilers. I'm going to stay as vague as possible while still being specific about the issue that I'm dealing with, but I'm not going to name any character names. Uh, so if you feel like uh, that is something you still don't want to know about, um, then I guess jump ahead like two or three minutes. Maybe 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 five, ten minutes would be safe. Um, so here we go. Um, there, <clears throat> I'm the type of person that plays these games half for the strategy, half for the relationship simulation and like romances and supports and things right uh the supports and and relationships especially are like super important to me and they kind of define my experience with the fire emblem games specifically now i i say that as somebody who has only played awakening and fates but playing fates i played all three fates games like i played i played birthright then i played conquest then i played revelation so i spent like dozens time. of hours, <laughs> a very, very, very long time as Corin, um, and specifically as male Corin, uh, because You're that's because that's how I did that. Um, so I am currently planning on doing two playthroughs of Fire Emblem Three Houses. My first, the the house that I chose first is the Blue Lions, uh, led by Dimitri. Uh, and I do not regret that choice at all. However, there are uh, there are people in other houses that I was interested in developing relationships with, maybe becoming close to and seeing where things went, just based off my interactions with them. Uh, 
in the early game. I was very impressed. I liked them a lot. I wanted to get close to them, and I couldn't really find a whole lot of opportunities to do so, and I didn't really feel any urgency to do so because I didn't know that there was a cutoff happening beyond which point I would not have the opportunity to proceed further Mm -hmm. uh, with them. And... Basically, basically, it just in, in really general terms, what you do in the first half of the game influences what you can do in the second half of the game. And had I known that, I would have prioritized things differently. Mm. And I would have done different things. And I'm playing as... The main character in Fire Emblem Three Houses uh, is called Byleth. And I am playing right now as male Byleth, uh, and on my second playthrough, during which time I will be selecting the uh, Black Eagles house led by Edelgard, uh, who that was originally the house that I was going to pick starting out because there's a cool moment with Edelgard and uh, Byleth in like the first battle. And I was like, oh, she seems cool. I'm going to go with her house. But then there's, there's an introductory period where they, um, they kind of introduce you to all the different characters or like kind of summaries of their characters from the heads of their houses before you choose which house you're going to lead. Yeah. Um, and I, and I really resonated with the, uh, students of blue lion house. So that's when I actually changed my mind. Really? Cause they, what I've been hearing is like, no one is picking blue lion. Like only a couple. Really, people. I've seen. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people. I know Brendan picked Blue Lion. Maybe it's and just Megan. in the. Maybe it's just in the Gamespot office. Because like, we literally, we're asking. They're like, if anyone here is Blue Lion, like for the love of God, please let us know. Yeah, like everybody I know. Yeah, everybody I know is <clears throat> uh, Blue Lions. I know a couple of people who did Black Eagles. Typically, Black Eagles are like a second playthrough pick, uh, and then I think. I think Joe Scrubbles picked Golden Deer. And I think he said he said if you're not if you don't pick Golden Deer, you're like a cop or something. Which I thought was pretty good. Because mm-hmm. Go- Golden Deer is the only house that doesn't actually represent a monarchy. Um it's a it's like a gathering of it's like a United Nations basically. Uh, it like has a bunch of ruling nobles, but no king. Whereas um the Adrestian Empire and the Holy King so, of Fargus are both ruled by monarchs. Like a, like a confederacy, sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. like a, like a, like a confederated country. Yeah, uh, kind of, kind of like the United States, but without, without a single, uh, leading figure, but mm. with like a council of leaders, each from their different like provinces and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. It's just all of the like weird it's like it's like um it's like um it's like hufflepuff like there are a few standouts but most of them are just a bunch of goofballs (laughs) most of them are hufflepuff (laughs) yeah uh you know whereas um you know the black eagles are like the the slytherin and the gold lions are like gryffindor so there's no Ravenclaw. Why am I even playing? Actually, this? the the funny the funny thing is is that is that the uh, the Black Eagles are basically Ravenclaw and Slytherin mashed up together. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. 
I can, which I can, is one of the I reasons can get why down with that, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. One of the reasons why they're so, like they're very intense, but they're like very like trying to be number one, that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I like that, and I have a lot of respect for a lot of the people in Black Eagle House, and I was trying to recruit them, and so anyway. So my my uh, my the person that I was trying to recruit and form a relationship with, I I can't really progress anymore and with my second playthrough i'm going to be female byleth and choose black eagle house and that person uh there are there are several people i think there's three people from each house or three people total that are up for like same sex romances and stuff uh the character that i was going after is not one of those so basically if i want to have any sort of like romance support with them i would either have to start over or like try to eke out something in the limited amount of time i have in the save yeah that i have before the you know before the jump so that was a little bit aggravating there's also a couple of things with the menu system that i find really obnoxious it, there's there's no real reason that I can tell why this would be the case, but when you're so when you pull up the status menu, have you played this game at all? Not not at all. I'm okay. I'm literally I'm I'm not gonna buy it until probably Christmas. I have too much going on. So there are weird menu things that I find obnoxious. I find generally the the pre battle menu is great. I love it. It's it's a it's a circular wheel. The fight button is right in the middle. You can go. You can replace your um, characters uh, before the map. You can even reclass them or equip them with different items. You can equip them with different battalions, which is a really cool thing that they do in this game. Uh, you basically have like extra like army platoons or whatever military um, units that you can assign to each character, and they give different effects. Um, they can do different attacks. They're called gambits. So you can, so like, for example, I have my white mage, uh, Mercedes. Uh, I mean, she's not really a white mage. She's like a, a priest. I think now she's a bishop. Uh, I have a battalion assigned to her that are healers and it gives her an area of effect healing thing, but you can only use it a certain amount of times, uh, per map. Uh, if she's attacked in, um, if she's attacked with other battalions, that will reduce the efficacy of hers, um, and it just adds another layer of strategy. I love it. You, when you're going into another battle, they give you an option to pay a certain amount of uh, gold to replenish those battalions because they ha- kind of have durability in the same way that your weapons and stuff do. Um, but speaking of weapons, the whole weapon triangle thing of Swords beat spears, uh, beat axes is gone. Um, it's more about there are st- certain things that are still the same from previous games. For example, uh, archers and uh, wizards uh, defeat flying enemies. Specifically, like uh, magic is super effective against wyverns and uh, archery is effective against all flying enemies and things like that. Magic is super effective against heavy armored enemies. Armored enemies are super effective against like regular like infantry and regular infantry are really effective against um, wizards and stuff. But it's not like it's not like you're 
always going to lose. Like there's an element of strength or your own, um, your own like specialities, your own speed and these sorts of things that play into it. So it's a lot less binary. You have a lot more choice and you can make things work. For example, like I have mages that can shrug off sword attacks because they're very resilient or have a high like dodge. And then they counter with these devastating spells. So I, I have like Annette, my, my, um, my dark mage is really powerful and just like wanders around in a robe and just shreds everyone. And I'm not really concerned about her taking damage because she's so great at range. So it, it seems to add more, it's not a binary like Pokemon like system like it used to be. It's more like Final Fantasy Tactics now where mm -hmm. like if you have a good build of a character, it doesn't really matter what they do. They're probably good. Um, you know, if you want to have a couple of sword masters um, just run around and destroy people with two or four times attacks like that's great. And they added the uh, the heroes relics weapons, um, which have unique mechanics and they added um, crests which have unique um, kind of features. Um, and it's it's cool. I like it. Um, the 3D space of the monastery is can be a little tedious to run around in just because I feel like it's well designed, but it, it just takes a while to get from place to place unless you're teleporting. And if you're teleporting, you're kind of circumventing the realism of the space. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like it's kind of working at cross purposes, but I do enjoy it. Like I like wandering around seeing who is where, um, and you can really easily look at an overhead map of the area and look at different sections and see, oh, hey, these people are in this area. I wanted to go talk to that person. Let me just teleport there. So it, it is convenient. Um, it's just sometimes you're going to run around. You're going to just it just feels like it takes a while to get stuff done sometimes. Uh -huh. um, but it is deep and there are a lot of systems. Um, the instructing your students and. uh helping them grow in certain aspects, having them work on group projects to like take care of the, of the cavalry, um, you know, or, or have them, you know, do flying lessons or something else like that to help increase their skills so that they can unlock new classes and take entrance exams for those classes. Like there's a lot to love here. Uh, just like a, f a few little things here and there that are kind of obnoxious. What I was talking about about the menus earlier is um, <clears throat> on your free days, which you get one free day a week, um, and it gives you an option. You can either battle, you can wander around the monastery and talk to people and do like certain types of individual training um, where like the faculties will teach you and increase your stats, and that's really kind of the only way other than leveling up that you can do that. Uh -huh. So it is important. It, it is important to like balance it. It honestly, this game is like if you mashed up Persona Five and Fire Emblem. Like there is very much like you are uh, attached to your calendar. Time moves forward, and then you have a certain amount of wiggle room and a certain amount that you don't. Like each month, you will have one mandatory mission that takes place at the end of the month, and basically you're just preparing for that throughout the month. And how you choose to do that, whether you choose to go 
and sing in the choir with some of your students and increase your faith stat and your authority stat. Or if you want to go do a bunch of battles and level up and get really strong. Or if you want to uh, visit like some guest lecture and increase your stats. Or if you want to participate in like a sword fighting tournament uh, and enter one of your people in there to see if you can, you know, get some bonuses or complete quests by wandering around and talking to people. Um, like you can, you can do a lot of different things, but it is very much like, like three or four things that you're doing and you're just going to pick which one of those you're doing until it's time to go on the big mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and spend time with people and have tea parties and give gifts and, and, you know, try to get close to people and develop your support. The writing is great. The voice acting is great. Um, that's what I hear. The, the, it's really, really, I'm impressed. Um, and there are, there are some, there are some cheats. There are some misdirects. There are some red herrings in here, uh, that I think really work well. Like so far I have been like, this is, this is what's going to happen. Nope. And other times I was like, this is going to happen. And it did happen. And you know, it is very, I, I have been pleasantly surprised by the, the turns that this, game has taken so far and you know i i I imagine i'm somewhere over the halfway mark but i am really enjoying it i've heard a playthrough takes like 70 ish hours oh geez yeah oh geez okay uh but i don't i don't 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 know know. it might be different depending on whether or not you are like actively doing all of like the lesson plans and stuff because i know you can you can like you can automate almost everything. Yeah, you can Madden season automate like your uh, classes and all that. I know that, but um, yeah, you can automatically do. You can auto instruct. You can do all that sort of stuff, and you can you can basically speed through and and you can skip days. Like if you don't want to do free days, you can auto teach and go straight from mission to mission to mission to mission. And I don't know how all well that works. Maybe I'll try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And basically just get involved in the relationship stuff and let everything else, you know, take a back seat. Um, but I'm having a great time with it. Uh, the, the the really inscrutable thing to me, and I hope that they just refine this, because this, this is the first Switch version. The 3DS versions did get better as they went along. Like, Awakening was... The, the menu system was okay. I think Fates was way better. I didn't play um, the other one, which I think was a remake of an earlier one like fire emblem if or something i have no idea i've literally never played a fire emblem game so i have oh okay okay no context for um a lot of this so on your free days you can have your students take certification exams right and it pops up on the free day menu you go down near the bottom you click on certification exams and it will pull up a roster of all of your students and then uh, grayed out are the classes that they can't um, even try for yet. If you have any sort of progress uh, made towards unlocking that class, it will give you the option to test for it, but it will show you your likelihood of getting it. And it will show you the stats in gray and in red that you will need to test for this exam. So for example, testing for something like a Cavalier, right? You're going to need uh, a certain rank, like maybe C rank or something in lances. 
and you're going to need something like a D rank or a C rank in writing. And if you have one of those, you'll have a certain, you know, percentage um, of a chance of passing the exam. And you can save scum that, although it is a little... It seems like they definitely lean towards failing more often than not. Even when I was like 77% chance to do it, I'd have to save scum like 10 times to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you qualify for both, it's a guaranteed pass. They give you 100% chance. Um, but it doesn't... So that's the only time that you can actually see that information. Uh when you're in the but in your in your status menu for your characters it will always show that same menu of these are the classes that you have unlocked these are the classes that you've mastered these are the classes that you can apply for and have not passed yet however you can't click into those menus anywhere else at any other time to see what your likelihood is or what other stats you need to work on to unlock them. And when I was preparing for battle, I thought that that information would be really, really useful. So like if I want to unlock a cavalier for one of my archers and I want to turn them into like a mounted knight and I don't know what stats I need to get that up and what rank those need to be, I can't check that unless it's a free day. And if I'm not choosing to go into battle specifically and work on that immediately after checking that, then I really have to look up a guide online. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, the, the framework for the menu is basically exactly the same. All they would need to do is just give you access to that on the status page. Let you click in one more page and show me I need to be in this. I need to see in this. I have this one. I don't have this one. And stuff like that, like there's just little things like that where like certain parts of the menu that, that's, that's, that are essentially like the base menu that you al- almost always have. Like you always have the status menu. You can always look at your character stats at their, um, at their individual weapon rankings and different things like that. But there's like certain little subsections of that status menu that you only get access to at certain points. And I, that's just really aggravating to me. Mm. Um, other than that, like I'm, I'm having a really great time with the game. Like it is, it is completely siphoned my attention away from playing dragon ball or playing different things. You know, mm-hmm. basically what I'm not working on right now, I'm working on the Baba is you, uh, IGN wiki guide and basically all the time that I'm not working on that I'm playing Fire Emblem mm. uh, which I mean is attests to the fact that that completely scooped me away from uh, Mario Maker and Dragon Ball Fighters you know yeah, uh, stuff like that which, which are you know which are amazing games I definitely thought I would play more Super Mario Maker 2 but Fire Emblem has just taken over everything um, which is great because you know it's it's uh it's not often that you get to find a franchise that really resonates with you uh a, like a new one mm-hmm. that you know and uh ever since i played awakening fire emblem has been uh one of those for me it's been great like i before i was like why are there so many freaking fire emblem characters in smash and now it's like you know what i get it <laughs> like I, I legitimately was playing through this and i was like man i would love to play as sylvain or dimitri in in smash brothers mm-hmm. um 
you know, but they're not the main character, so they'll never get in. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there are a lot of great characters. It is, there's a reason why Fire Emblem is one of Nintendo's kind of flagpole franchises. And, and I think it's, I think it's well-deserved. So. Cool. I recommend it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it this uh, holiday when there's not like a million things that are uh, after my attention. Right now, I have way too many things. Uh, yeah, going on for me to for me to devote to like this hundred hour Hogwarts simulation. You know that I need to like yeah. delve into. Yeah, it. But that that uh, comparison is not inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, it is very much like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, uh, That's good. I'll, 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 it'll be a good Christmas game when, like, nothing's really going on. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be near the end of uh, Destiny Shadow Keep, so I will have calmed down a bit, you know? So it'll be, it'll be fine. I'll be doing that. Yeah, I believe it. So believe what, uh, it. what have you been up to, my friend? Oh, my lord. Uh... Well, I've been really busy getting ready for vacation and stuff. Nice. Because um, I'm going to D23 at the end of this month, and we're going to Disneyland to go to Galaxy's Edge, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it should be should be a fun time, but it's expensive, and there's a lot of planning. So um, like getting all of that stuff sorted has been a lot of my time. Um, I believe it. Still playing Underlords. I think I'm nearing... 100 hours i'm gonna check really quick and what what is uh what is underlords i am i'm at 99 hours wow wow okay that's we've talked about this before it was um basically valve's version of auto chess of dota auto chess. oh okay 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 okay, okay. um i'm still playing it <laughs> and uh again kind of I think I sort of now understand why i know last time we talked i was like i don't know why i'm still playing this i don't get it um, but I feel like I've finally sort of cracked the code on why I actually like it. And I think a lot of it is that it sort of just plays out like a deck building game. Like it plays out like, it's a little hard to describe. Like if I was playing magic or like, it's like, it's like if I was playing like magic or hearthstone but you had to build your deck as you went and not as mm. not beforehand, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a lot of little weird things, sort of like the way Dota has a lot of little weird things that are not told to you explicitly. Like in, there's a whole economy and uh, you have to balance like interest rates and re-rolls and there's like RNG involved in the, in the things that you receive and like how you manage your own personal economy while also crafting like this build around the RNG that you receive is sort of like where the skill comes in to it. Um, hmm. But it's entertaining and it's on mobile. So I end up playing a lot of it on mobile, honestly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's been fun. And then still, still, playing a lot of magic the gathering arena um, nice they fixed so I, I just i just pulled up my switch so i'm 38 hours into fire emblem oh look at you so yeah you're like halfway ish yeah um it doesn't feel like that long yeah 
Like, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel like I've been playing it that much. And it feels like I've kind of been proceeding through it at, like, kind of a snail's pace. But I guess that's why I got left behind on uh, some of those relationships. Yeah. Snail's pace. You didn't move fast enough. It's true. For love. (laughs) Um... Let me tell you, speaking of, speaking of love, those tea party scenes are, some of them are very painful. I thought you were going to say very sexual. <laughs> yes, they're very sexual between me and my students. Yep. Nope. Hey, I've heard you can bang the students at some point. Yeah, th- that, that does not sit right with me. And they make it a point to say that, like, you're a very young professor. So, like, getting with the other faculty members also feels weird. There's basically like one other there's like one person in the in the game that I like I feel kind of okay developing a relationship with and it's a uh, it's a mercenary of another and they're dead. <laughs> well, it's 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 an it's, it's an archer mercenary that you meet fairly early on in the game, not super early, like not straight away, but like a ways into it you're introduced uh, to this this woman mercenary with like short bluish kind of purplish hair. Uh, and she's an archer. Her name is Shamir. And basically, she's the only person that feels like she's, like, on my same wavelength. Uh-huh. We're both mercenaries. We've both been out there, you know, doing stuff like that. She seems roughly the same age as me. She seems roughly as detached from everything that's <laughs> going on. You seem roughly the same age as me. So there's that, yeah. Basically, <laughs> there's there's that, there's that. That's the only person that I feel, like, appropriate pursuing. But, uh-huh. you know. Whatever. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. But yeah. Um, yeah, so you were saying? Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, Underlords, they actually just did a big patch this week that I was like, oh, thank Christ. So, like, um, Christ they added this the thing perp. called... It's gonna. This is going to sound dumb. I had to explain it to Nicole, and when I explained it, she was like, why did it work that way before? That sounds dumb. And I'm like, I, and I just shrugged. Like, I don't know. But... The way that it used to work uh, was there's there's eight people playing at the same time and you're all putting your minions out on this like chessboard and then it would ran it randomly assigns someone for you to fight and depending on who wins or like yeah depending on who wins you do a certain amount of damage to their overall health and as you play the game you slowly like as you fight everyone one by one you like whittle it down. Right? So it's sort of Battle Royale. It's like competitive deck building Battle Royale, if that makes sense. Um, And the way it used to work is that you wouldn't just like, let's say you and I were in a game and it picked us to fight. It wouldn't just be like, you fight and then you, you do damage to the health and you move on to the next round. It would be like, uh, it would copy our board states and then it would send you a copy of my board state to fight and I would fight a copy of your board state and if I lost like I'd say I'm playing and I lost my fight I would take damage to health but let's say that for some reason because there's a lot of randomness even in the fighting my board ends up beating yours like my copy board ends up beating yours you also take damage like weird so you can both lose you can both lose and you can both win I've had games where I'm um, it's me and another person in first and second. And for some reason, our board states keep just like bashing each other and, and winning. And so no one's taking damage. And then it's like, well, here's your interest rate and your gold and like, keep going. So they, they did a patch this week where it's now one V one, no more board state copies. It's like, 
you're fighting this person, and if they lose, they take damage. So it makes the games go way faster. Like, sometimes games would go 45 minutes, and now they seem to go, like, 20 to 30 minutes, depending, which is a lot better. Um, And, yeah, and I'm sort of like, why on earth did it work that way before? Because that's really dumb, but... Uh, it works better now, so that's <laughs> so that's cool. That's good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's cool. It's free, so it's not like uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it's not like pe- it's the same. Like Auto Chess is also free. Team Fight Tactics, which is the League of Legends version that Riot made, is also free. Which I'm I'm hearing Team Fight Tactics is a little different um, than the way like underlords and auto chess work but it's the same basic idea it's like deck building auto battler kind of thing um but i have not tried team fight tactics and i probably won't. i've heard good things about it i've yeah. heard good things too i had a friend who was playing underlords and he was liking it and then he went and tried team fight tactics and he ended up liking it more and now he's hmm. playing that and i'm like well okay cool but I personally, because I spent like a thousand hours in Dota 2, I just have more of a connection and a love for like all those characters. And I remember from all my time, like, oh, I remember what, you know, Bloodseeker does. And I remember what, you know, uh, you know, Tiny does and stuff. So like I'm I'm more uh, I'm more literate, like in their abilities and things. I don't need to like click on them and go, what do they do? I sort of already remember like. Like, oh, yeah, this character can, like, warp around or they jump around. So they'll jump over people's pieces and things. Um, hmm. And I just don't have that with League of Legends. And I feel like if I went to Teamfight Tactics, I would be automatically worse at it because I don't have the history with those characters. Even though I played a lot of League of Legends back in the day, I just c- cannot for the life of me remember, like, any of it. You know what I mean? Because it's been hmm. so long. The last time I, I was talking about this with someone today, the last time I played League of Legends, I was living at home. <laughs> so wow. it's been a while. It's been like maybe seven years uh, at this point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with it. It's cool. Magic is magic. Keeps going. Having fun. Yeah. Um, Arena is really good. I'm glad they fixed the battle pass because they, they added a battle pass and it kind of sucked. But they've made some good uh, strides in that regard um we'll see if it keeps apparently like arena is doing really really well right now and there's this whole fear uh with magic players that like wizards is just going to abandon the paper game at some point i don't think that like i don't think that's going to happen but apparently arena is very successful which is good um Hmm. and then obviously destiny 2 because there's a lot of destiny 2 stuff to do right now like uh we're all getting ready for Shadowkeep, so we got and we got stuff to do. And how amped are you about that? Because pretty from, amped. From what I've heard of the things uh, kind of that have been shown so far, people are pretty excited about. Yeah, it. I mean, cross it like save is a big, big thing, um, and that actually launches later this month. They announced randomly. They were like. Because they they announced they're delaying it um, until October first, which isn't actually that big of a delay. It's only like two weeks, I think. 
Um, so it's not that big a deal. I actually saw most people were kind of excited because then that just meant they got to play more Borderlands. You know, they didn't mm. feel like they were going to get rushed through Borderlands because um, there's a lot of crossover between those two communities. So, like, uh, that was pretty exciting. Um, and then they announced, yeah, cross uh, cross save. I always want to say cross play. Cross save is coming end of August. So, like, really early before the expansion. Like, we're going to get a whole month of cross-save before uh, the expansion even comes out, which is awesome. Um, so, excited about that. Uh, yeah. And then they're doing Solstice of Heroes right now, which is their big, like, end-of-the-year event that they always do. Um, so, working on getting my armor all made and all that stuff. Um I don't have much else to say about that, but yeah, mm. Shadowkeep does look very cool. I'm I'm excited for more like hive stuff. I'm excited to go back to the moon. Um, should be pretty sweet, and I'm excited to just be able to jump between PS4 and PC now. No joke. Because I miss tons of my PS4 friends, but I also love playing on PC with my PC friends. So yeah, being able to just go back and forth is going to be great. And be and because most of my friends don't play on PC, it means it's been harder for me to raid um, on PC, and it'll be a lot That's easier sense. for me to raid come, uh, you know, come the 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 cross save because then I can just uh, do it on PS4 where I have more friends to to do it you know nice um yeah yeah that's my like pretty much my entire gaming life and then i tried paladins i don't know if you've tried paladins yet i have not i have not i've got a lot of other stuff that i'm still trying to get to so um i have not it's it's fun but i almost when i'm playing it i'm almost like well here's (laughs) the thing when i'm playing it i'm almost like i could just be playing overwatch yeah you know what i mean like it isn't paladins free though it is free um okay it's free and they do like i would say their business model is more akin to like league of legends than overwatch um they sell Mm. the skins directly and but the problem is that some of them are like only tied to this battle pass and then some of them are like premium like you pay for them and then some of them you can earn with in-game currency uh, mm. All of the characters are not unlocked. You have to unlock them, and they have like a free rotation, like they would in a MOBA. So that's a little weird. Um, and then mm. also, it feels weird to be playing a game like Overwatch, where like your character is literally like locked. Where uh, you know, in Overwatch, a big part of the game, like getting good at the game, is knowing when to switch characters and what characters to switch to. Uh, in Paladins, there is literally no switching uh, period. You you pick that character, and you are that character for the game. Like, there, there's no changing it. But the difference is that you can see what people are picking right at the beginning. So, like, if you're trying so there, to... So there is a strategy yeah, to... Yeah, so, so if you're trying to... And I guess in Ranked, you do it, like, in Dota to... Um, what we would call the drafting phase, which only happens in rank, like in like normal rank games, and then in like the competitive esport, team drafting is almost a game in and of itself. Uh, and it and yeah, it, where, where you can like deny the 
other team exactly like and things. you might yeah. yeah it's like you might want to buy, like pick a character not even because uh you know you have a set strategy for them but because you know that like this other player on that team is famous for playing this character incredibly well and we want to deny that you know them from doing yeah. that but then it's like as you go back and forth picking characters and banning characters you sort of start if you like play this game you know like 10 hours a day you will know the meta and you'll be like oh they're trying to do this build well if we ban this character we can kind of break that build and then they might have to go they might have to pivot into this build and we can pick these characters to like you know yeah go it's, after it's it. like you're you're playing chess before you're playing exactly before you even play uh, the game yeah um and sometimes you can pick like a lot of teams i would see pick like characters that are just way out of left field like not even meta and a lot of that is good because then it means that the other team probably is like what the hell are they doing you know what i mean so it's like a little bit of mind games man dota 2 greatest game of all time but like (laughs) it really is fantastic but um uh paladins is sort of like that it's again it's fine it it uh i think i'll jump into it every so often just to like dick around but i don't think i'm gonna play it like super seriously especially Mm -hmm. with the changes coming to overwatch soon i think overwatch might get better Um, i don't know if you've heard about what they're doing no i haven't so at first, I didn't like this when I heard it, and then as I thought about it and talked to my friend Miguel, who plays Overwatch like literally every day of his life, I kind of have come around to it, but they are adding a role queue to the game, so if you want to... Pl- so when you queue, you can be like, I want to play DPS, and it'll queue you with other people to like create a well-rounded team. So that, see, the idea is like, the new team comp for everything, including even ranked and Overwatch League, is adopting this. Um, they're doing the two-two-two, so there will always be two tanks, always two supports, and always two damage dealers. That's interesting. At all times, there there's no three tank strat anymore, which has been the Overwatch League like go-to strat for literally its entire existence, and it's boring to watch, and people don't necessarily like it. It's probably not even that fun to play. Uh, it, it just is probably isn't. It is just really effective. So that no longer exists. There is still going to be a mode in the game where you can like literally do whatever kind of weird ass team comps you want, but it's not going to be competitive. Um, the competitive. It's going to be like custom matches in Halo or something. Yeah, and there's a where lot like of anything goes. There's a lot of custom match stuff in Overwatch now because they have the they have That's a cool. whole coding thing in there now. Um, where people are making their own custom game modes and like running their own scripts and stuff. And people are making really creative shit. Like someone made like smash bros in overwatch basically with the overwatch characters. Um, but like, yeah, overwatch is getting overhauled basically. Uh, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited about that. I think it could, I think it could be really good for the game. Like in the long run, especially since the game is kind of starting to peter out. Is it? Are people uh, people cooling off on it a bit? A little. Like, I think there is still excitement. Like, people definitely care. Um, 
people click on Overwatch stories and people care about the characters, the licensing does well for them. So I think like Overwatch isn't going anywhere, but I definitely think and that And I still see tons of cosplay all over the place. Yes. But I definitely think that there is a um a little bit of a cooling off. Like it it was the hot thing for like a couple months and then it mm-hmm. sort of has been diving back down since then. So it's sort of like but Overwatch League continues to be very successful. They're adding like eight new teams this like next season, which they added like six teams this season and it has helped tremendously oh, wow. because the it got really boring after a while because you were literally watching the same teams compete just like over and over again. And at some Mm. point it was like, Oh my God, like I've seen Shanghai fight, you know, this team just like constantly. And I'm so bored of watching it. Now that doesn't really happen because there's, there's so many more teams and there's going to be even more teams. And they're, they announced that next season they're splitting it into divisions, sort of like the NFL where like there's an East and West division. Now there's going to be, an East and West division for Overwatch League, including a lot of the European teams that exist. Mm. And uh, they will only play in their divisions until they reach, like, playoffs, basically. And they got rid of the entire stage system. So, like, next season, Overwatch League is going to look, like, almost completely different to how how we look at it now and how it's played. And I think it will probably inject a lot more life back into it not again not to say that it's because it, dying it'll, but there, there are more teams so there's going to be more varied teams fighting plus you can't adopt lame not fun to watch strats yeah because it's going to be two 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 and two, two, two. two and it's and it's interesting a, it's also going to be more interesting uh or it'll be easier to balance uh for yeah blizzard yeah. because they only have to worry about the the about two, two, two strats two, yeah exactly yeah. so that should be cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that change. I think the change is on the PTR right now because I saw. Do you know the SpongeBob meme, um, where it's the, like the caveman one? No, it's like Squidward looking outside, and it's Patrick and SpongeBob like frolicking and having fun. Um, mm-hmm. I saw one that was like, uh, <laughs> it was Squidward, and under him it said uh, Overwatch console players, and then uh, over. Um, SpongeBob and Patrick had said everybody playing two 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 on the PTR, like having nice. fun. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So that was fun. That's how it is all the time. Like when people are like, "Oh man, the next season in Diablo is going to be amazing," and it's like, "Yeah, but I don't like doing PTR stuff." And then I finally did it, and it's like, "Wow, this is actually really fun." I get yeah. why people get into PTRs. Yeah, I did PTR for Diablo a little, but then I was like but I'm going to have to do this again. <laughs> exactly. That's why I typically yeah. didn't like it. And that's why I never did that with World of Warcraft. Um, oh, especially like MMOs. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's just like, wow. Okay. So I'm going to play dozens of hours in this thing and then none of it counted. And if I get some sweet drop, like I'm just going to have to go back to playing without it. Like, no, mm-hmm. that did help. Uh, however, with the Diablo PTR, when it was like, I don't know what, uh, setup I'm going to enjoy more. Let me test this out. And I figured it out, so there you go. Who would have thought? Necromancer. Fun. But yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. Is, well, it, is to, there a new Diablo to... season coming up? I know you you were all about that for a hot minute. 
I, I am about that every time a new season comes out. I'm about that until I finish everything. Yeah, and then and you're then, like done. I'm, and then I'm like, all right, that's that's done. I had a good time coming back to Diablo three. A freaking great one of my, honestly one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. Yeah, uh, it's really really fun. And in fact, I recently got uh, a friend of mine uh, just before she moved to Austin. Uh, she used to come over every every uh, couple of weeks. And uh, over the past couple of months before she left, uh, she actually got into I, just on a lark. I was like, let's let's play this. You know, we've played some other stuff. You know, we I got her into Dragon Ball Fighters, of course. No surprise. Best fighting game of all time. Just for those of you who didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and we fired up just in case. Uh, just in yeah, case just you in didn't case know. Did. Just in case you didn't know. Uh, but I, we fired up Diablo and she, she picked a, uh, barbarian and I picked a wizard and we just ran around and she's like, wow, this is really fun. And now she's like, yeah, I, I may buy a console to play this. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta, you got a little MacBook. You can just go get the, you can just get the PC version and you don't have to pay that much. Right. Uh, that sort of a thing. So, so she's probably going to end up getting that and then we'll play together, uh, you know long distance over those low those many hours it would take to, to you know to hang out you can just play with anyone in the world and it's magical because this is the future that we live in mm-hmm. um yeah cool speaking of the future uh i played a game that is reminiscent of both the future and the past wow what cool game could this be <laughs> uh blazing chrome oh yeah have you seen anything about this game no i've heard the name before so blazing chrome is set in like some apocalyptic future um but it is basically just contra uh and let me tell you as somebody who loved contra when i was a kid and who has been disappointed with basically every new incarnation of contra uh since the last one i <laughs> Man, maybe just since the NES one, maybe yeah. just the first Contra was my own, the one only one I thought was any good. Yeah, um, it's a whole franchise built off that people liking that one game, <laughs> right? Yes, and yeah. and none of the other ones are are good. Take your take your Super C, throw it into the ocean. Take your what is it Contra three or whatever the one that was on um, 3DS or DS or something like that that was like super brutally difficult. I forget what it was called. It might have been Contra 3 or Contra 4 or something like that. Anyway, Blazing Chrome is the first freaking game that I have ever played like that that actually made me feel like I was playing Contra and also was tough, like old school Contra is, but with like accommodations that you would want from newer, more kind of approachable things. So, so like, for example, game is super tough. If you get hit, um, like that's, you're that's dead. It. Like you gotta, yeah, you're dead. You're done. Uh, and, and you get a certain amount of lives. But the cool thing is this game also has continues. Like if you just don't want to deal with that and you just want to keep going, like you're going to die a lot. You're going to have to start the stage over, but you can continue. It doesn't have to be a game over. Mm-hmm. Um, your score is going to take a super big hit, but the bosses actually remind me of bosses that I would have played uh, in like old games from like the 80s and 90s. Like it is, 
you know, the first boss is like some weird sandworm that pops up and shoots a bunch of acid at you. The next one is you're on a giant platform descending through, uh, you know, a complex and there's a mechanized spider that comes down from the, oh boy. you know, from the top. And then you get some, you know, and like shoots webs across the place while you're fighting off waves of aliens. And like, you know, there's another one that's like really doesn't make any sense. And it looks like a bunch of eyes and mouths and stuff just coming at you from different angles. It's like, it's super crazy and it's fun. And there's like unlockable characters and a bunch of stuff like that. It is like kind of crazy. Also, if you have not seen the uh, live action trailer for this game, like go look at it. It is bonkers. It is so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it definitely is it, like it, it's it's uh, the trailer is almost reminiscent of like Kung Fury. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, no, but my f- friend is like obsessed with it. Yeah, it's just. Like I, so the, um, I am, I am tight with the PR firm that did stuff for that. They sent me a code for it. I played, you know, through like the first six stages, like in one sitting. Uh Um, it's just, it's one of those, like, it's one of those little indie games. I don't think it costs very much. Um, let me see. But like, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling (laughs) you guys. He's telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, I just I literally just googled Blazing Chrome and the first thing that came up with is something on Windows Central that says Blazing Chrome Xbox One review the best contra homage ever made. Like I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you guys. It's freaking good. It's so It's got a 9 out of 10 good. on Steam. 9 out of 10 like, on Steam and they're they hate things. So they hate a lot of things. They yeah. Do. It is, so I'm pulling it up on Switch. So I have it on Switch. The only thing they hate more games on Steam are games that aren't on Steam. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the box quote right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, Blazing Chrome. It is freaking 88 megs, so you can play it on any Switch. I don't care how little room you got. Okay, I think it's like 16 bucks. Uh it is get out of the no i don't want to chat get this stupid window out of the way i can't see the price it is okay it is 17 dollars. and let me tell you if you're looking for a freaking like contra game like you are not gonna get anything better than this i'm telling you i'm telling you guys telling you you need to just wise up all right and I was saying this stuff before the game came out. You just couldn't hear it because we didn't have a podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling it into the void. Because we've we've all been. I mean, I, I said it on Twitter. I said it on Twitter. If yeah. you if you're if you follow me over, uh, you know, at Ribnax R I B N A X on Twitter, you will know. <sighs> you will know. You'll be up to date on all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, Blazing Chrome is freaking great. Um, another game I've been playing which I, I'm not going to go into as much praise on it because I'm not as far in and there are like little things here and there that I'm not, you know, super sold on. But I've been playing a game called Vambrace Cold Soul. I don't know if you've seen this. I have not, but that sounds like a wild name. So, yeah, it, it, it makes sense if you know what's going on with the game. So basically it is... It is like a darkest dungeon that has more of a focus on narrative and story. Okay. Um, so if you're a fan of darkest dungeon, the combat is basically exactly the same. 
uh, as that, the whole thing. Basically, the premise is, I mean, it, it's basically the exact same premise as Darkest Dungeon, um, except instead of leaving you a castle, uh, your your father dies and leaves you this gauntlet. Um, and he tells you to go to this one particular place up in the frozen mountains. Uh, and uh, you go there and the the gauntlet lets you travel through lets you pass through this giant wall of uh of light or whatever mm-hmm. and on the other side you find a city and it's kind of in ruins and everybody there is like just scraping by and you find out that they have been locked inside of like this weird blizzard for an extended period of time and the boundary the 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 wall that you came through uh, to get there, nobody has been able to escape. Like nobody's been able to pass through that wall. Um, and the mysteries to your father's passing and the weird kind of eldritch things he was researching are somewhere inside this city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's weird things going on in the mines. There are a bunch of people being killed. Somebody set off like some giant magic bomb. Uh, in the city, you're imprisoned. Everybody's kind of dubious of you, and it, it basically goes from there. Um, but it is really interesting. The art uh, I find like very. It it is kind of like that, like a bizarrely sinister feeling art. Uh, you know that you get from Darkest Dungeon, like where everything is just very saturated in dark tones, mm-hmm. uh, and there's just kind of a grunge and a grime that covers the world. Um, unlike uh, Darkest Dungeon, which actually had like a lot of warm tones, everything is like blue, like light blue, and it, it feels very cold even just playing it. Um, but yeah, so I I am uh, enjoying that. Uh, I was sent a key for PC, but it is also coming to Switch. Um, I don't know if it's on consoles right now, but basically if you... If you ate up Darkest Dungeon and you want more of the same, but you've already, you know, finished all the DLC and stuff for for Darkest Dungeon, I would say uh, you should probably check this out. Um, I don't think I don't think other people are as high on it as they are Darkest Dungeon. Um, why do you, Why do you want, think that is? I don't. I, I think if if anything, it would be because Darkest Dungeon, from my perspective on my experience of the game of both games so far, because Darkest Dungeon is a more pure experience, which is it. Darkest Dungeon is only about the things that it is about, and it is it leans very hard into those things, mm. um, and it doesn't really care about. Like, the narrative in Darkest Dungeon kind of springs up from the decisions that you make. Yeah. And it's... The narrative is almost entirely mechanical. Like, you know what's happening from the outset. Like, you know there is something evil in the depths of this keep. uh, And you're trying to just get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's mostly about, like, the little character moments of... This person has become an alcoholic because that's the way that they can deal with the horrifying things that we see when we go down into this, into this, you know, dungeon. Um, or this person is going super religious 
and will only like flagellate themselves to kind of make themselves pure from the terrible thing. Like that sort of a thing. It's all about the little micro stories. It's almost like Breath of the Wild. Like the story in Breath of the Wild like isn't anything. Like it's it's fine. Um the 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 like ancient history uh, machines, guardians, those sorts of things. That that's what's interesting about that, and the things of, you know, oh Zelda rejecting her um, kind of rote prescribed role in the story and trying to carve her own path. Like those are the things that are interesting. But there's not hardly any of it in the game. Most of what makes Breath of the Wild compelling are the little micro stories of I threw a bomb down a hill and exploded it, and it caused a forest fire that killed all these goblins and then created an updraft. And I used that to float over to another nearby Island or something, you know, like, you know, I right. tried to, I tried to steal this, this, um, this giant ogre's necklace and he woke up and threw me across the map or something. You know, it's like the, those little moments that make it special. And I, I think that darkest dungeon is more of that. Whereas this is Van Brace is more, um, you know, th- this is, what the story is, this is, you know, we're trying to unravel a mystery here. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We're trying to figure out who can be trusted, who can't. There's some weird elements of destiny. It is it is much more of, like, an RPG than, like, a tactical strategy game, although it is still that. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Cool. Sounds cool. Uh, I like yeah. the Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically, like, if you're... I, I don't know of anything like Darkest Dungeon. Maybe that's just it's a... pretty a, unique. A, sub, a subgenre that I just haven't seen before, but it felt fairly kind of its own thing, which I think is why so many people gravitated towards it. Um, and, and this is the first thing that I've seen that is kind of going and trying to exist in that same space. So it's it's one of those things where the same for like Blazing Chrome like if you like Contra this is one of those um and like there's not many of those. Right. Like there's a lot of attempts but there's not many good versions of Whereas that especially there's a new Metroidvania every day. Yeah, and 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 granted like not all of those are good either but um so when you do get a good one like Guacamelee or um in my opinion Bloodstained like that, or, uh, you know, Hollow Knight, it becomes notable. Steamworld Dig, you know, it becomes notable because there are, there are ones that don't really work, but, um, you know, for such a limited genre as this, uh, you know, people deserve to know, you know, what's out there. And, uh, so I, I would say, check it out. I don't think it's very expensive either. Um, I'll check on that real quick just to, make sure people know i was intrigued by the um yeah it's it's uh on metacritic it's at like a 61 percent and six out of ten on steam uh but i definitely didn't think it was that bad hmm. now i'm not done with it you know i'm i'm i am a few hours fun in. fact there's an endgame s <laughs> twist okay yeah so so recent reviews very positive all reviews uh, mixed. Mm-hmm. So maybe it got bombed. I don't know. Uh, or whatever. It is 25 bucks uh, on Steam. So if that looks a little steep, um, you know, that's cool. I found the trailers were what drew me in and, uh, you know, caused me to be curious about the game. Check it out. See what you think. Um, 
and hit me up on Twitter and let me know because I I, I find I find things like this fascinating. Yeah. Just yeah. like people's differences and what they like or Yeah. Yeah. Some people go into Super Mario Maker 2 to make hellish, you know, monstrosities. Some people just want to make a good Mario level. Or some Takes people like me just play all everybody else's Mario levels. That's true. That that is that is me. Although I did make one. I don't know if I sent it to you. It's good. I like it. I haven't uh no. I haven't I haven't heard of it. Yeah, I can I can send that. Actually, I, well, I I'm not going to pull it up right now. But uh but yeah. I'll uh I'll tweet out my Mario Maker level for people who want to play it. It's just a regular kind of, eh, mildly trolly but like totally doable totally doable uh Mario level. Right. I like it a lot. Cool. Uh I also played uh, just a little quick aside, and then uh, and then you want to wrap up. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So I played the closed beta for Bless Unleashed. I don't know if you've seen. I about played this. this as well. Did you? I I did. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I did not expect Look this to be something. Go. <laughs> I did not expect this was not planned, ladies and gentlemen. This was not no, planned not at, at all. all. I didn't even know you were going to bring this up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I got I got a closed beta key uh, for this game, and uh, I played a few hours of it. Um, I did not play that much. I played maybe an hour of it. Okay. Um, but I did leave feedback for the developers. So, wow, th- this is like, I'm gobsmacked uh, that this happened because this is like, I was just going to do, oh, and one more thing. And then this ended up being pretty great. Uh, what do you think? It needs work. I think. I don't know what, yes. how, I don't know how you feel, but I think that it definitely has potential, but needs some serious work. It definitely needs a lot of polish. It needs a lot of polish, but yeah. I th- I think I think the underlying mechanics. I'll put it this way: I don't play World of Warcraft anymore. I basically, if somebody says MMO, I'm basically just out. I'm just not. I'm not doing it. Uh, I decided to give this game a shot. Also, I was intrigued because it is Xbox only. Uh, for which now. I found fascinating, which I found, fa- yeah, which I found fascinating for an MMO specifically. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I uh, longtime listeners will know you and I tried the Final Fantasy MMO and I bounced off of it pretty So hard. I've been trying that again recently um, because a friend of mine. I've yeah. heard it gets good when you get to the end game, and I'm that's a too friend much of mine is like obsessed with it, and he was like, "You should try again." And it, when I was talking to him, I realized that I had only ever played Warriors, and maybe that's why I thought it was so boring. So I started again, and I was—I think I played a wizard, and I did not like. I it. was rolling a—I'm rolling a summoner, basically. Um, and yeah, I went black mage, and I found it very boring. Liking a little, little more, but I'm still very much like okay, but. Also, WoW Classic comes out in like a couple weeks, and like, yeah, I'm gonna just do that when that happens. But yeah, anyway, Bless Unleashed. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, for a game that's only on one platform, it sure runs very poorly on this one yeah. platform. <laughs> yeah, that is that is true. Yeah. So, uh, that that is true. Uh, so I have some notes here. So yeah, closed beta. Things are a bit janky. 
Uh, but they have said, obviously everybody says this, that the issues will get resolved before launch. I will say, I think the world looked great most of the time. Uh, are you playing, what, what kind of hardware are you playing on? Xbox One X. Okay, well that probably explains it, because I'm playing on a white semi-launch Xbox, and let me tell you, it did not look great. It it looked, it sure looked like a game, but it, it, uh... It, which is funny because when you look at like all of the promotional material, it's like beautiful. Yeah. But then when you actually play yeah. the game, you're like, everything looks muddy and it's running at 15 frames a second. Oh, wow. No, I never had any frame issues. Oh, boy, dude. I had all kinds of frame issues. I, I had I had so I had many. weird camera issues and a little bit of pop in oh, I, and stuff like that. I definitely but, had had a bunch of frame rate issues, which which is, again, wow. why I was like, interesting. I was like for a game that's supposed to only be running on one platform, it sure doesn't run good. You know, man, I, I wonder, wow, that is very, very interesting to me that you, you hate to hear about something like that, but I will say, uh, this was also my first, uh, skill targeted MMO. Mm. Uh, and I found the combat system very fun. I felt like it had some lag that I was not a huge fan of. Um, so I was playing a. Let's see, what was I doing? What was I doing? I think I started. I started as a. Wi- I okay. So I did a wizard and then I did a knight. I started um, as a knight. Okay. I I think honestly I think the magic combo system. And the the combo pathing system in this game are really interesting, uh, and I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's almost like um, it's almost like Devil May Cry, where it's like uh, you can do all, certain. I feel like I feel like every time I pushed an attack, it took more than a second to have it happen, and I huh. was like, "This should not. This should not be the way it is." Um, again, I let, I let the develop, and I'm willing to give a little, like a, a little bit of a pass, you know, because it's, it's, it's a, it's in beta, you know? Um, yeah. but I was, and it's closed and you know, they're doing an open later and then, you know, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, and yeah, then, yeah. And then, and, and my, I don't know when it's, have they said that there's what the release date is? I feel like, no, they haven't said at all, but I know that they've been yeah. pretty active on like Twitter and stuff, but like at the same time i'm 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 like man i f- i feel like i don't know like i i it, it i i was like kind of interested in it because they were like oh it's an action mmo and i'm like dope like that sounds cool right and yeah. then especially from from uh like bandai right i'm like okay yeah let's yeah let's do it and then it and then it just didn't feel like it didn't feel good to me. Like I, after playing for yeah. the little bit I played, I was like, "Boy, if this was on PC, I might be willing to give it more of a go." But like, because it's running so poorly right now, I just cannot like justify doing this right now. Like it just, mm. it doesn't. It didn't feel satisfying to me, mm. um, which is upsetting again because it looks pretty cool. But yeah, it just didn't. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do wish them the best, though, and I will try. 
whatever open beta they have and hopefully they have massaged out some of these problems but like boy howdy it uh did not run good at all um yeah and there, there were certain there were certain like little issues like if you initiate a quest and then you leave the area and you go back you have to initiate the quest again um and talk to that person and sit through the same conversation and so, like l- just little things like that yeah um but I, I don't know i don't know i did enjoy it i thought it was interesting and the uh like the combo stuff also having to target uh you know people with things like spells and like slashing attacks that's a little bit different but like i've never played an mmo where like you actually had to aim your spells and like try to hit people and account for you know mm-hmm. that sort of a thing and and it it just was when i when it was on like when i was really making it work um it, it felt work. really really cool like it felt like something i'd never experienced before which is rare uh, as somebody who's played video games uh basically their entire life and who is a critic and you know games industry person for a living it's rare to experience something that you haven't seen before and uh and uh so i I think that there's there's promise there i really hope they capitalize on it because i think it could be something really cool Mm -hmm. it could it could end up being something like an xbox xbox's answer to final fantasy you know which would be really cool i'd love to see that but you know we'll we will we will see it obviously doesn't have the history that square enix uh, you know, or the, the, the positive, uh, you know, kind of, um, feelings and nostalgia that Square has cultivated around Final Fantasy just as a property, obviously, mm-hmm. unless, unless like bless is just something that I'm not aware of. That's already a thing. I think it was an MMO before, but it got shut down and it's being turned into this. Okay. Okay. From what I understand. Okay. Still not anywhere near as iconic as final fantasy. So getting that sort of groundswell is going to be more difficult, but, um, I definitely found the combat in this way more interesting than in final fantasy. So hopefully they'll have that going for them. Uh, and hopefully it doesn't run like garbage because it ran pretty well for me. Yeah. I would prefer it to run like at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just, man, it did not run good, but I left a very, uh, like, cause I, I'm kind of, I'm one of those people that leaves a lot of like survey things for things that I'm like, you know, this could be better. I want to let them know. Yeah. So like when I did get the survey, when they were like, Hey, you played in the beta, like, how did it go? How'd you feel about it? I was like, uh, I think you have something that has potential here, but it definitely needs more work. Like, yeah, I and I and I cited performance issues. I said I'm running this on like an original Xbox one and it barely runs. And yeah, that's going to be an, a big issue for a lot of people, because I'm sure a lot of people have this uh, like the same box I do. So like they're just automatically going to have a worse experience. So and that's that's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see if they. It's funny that we both play that and didn't even talk about. It. I don't. I didn't even talk about it like on Twitter or like to anyone. I just kind of did it and was like, "All right." Yeah, yeah. Same here. Same here. I was just yeah. like, "Yeah, oh, yeah." I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in the, you know, the potential for this. So mm-hmm. that that is fascinating that we had that happen. Yeah, exactly. Uh, elseways, I just I played a couple of other things. As I said, I'm playing Baba Is You, which is amazing. 
Baba. Um, so if you haven't played Baba as you, do it. I've got it. the guides, uh, the uh, guides for the levels in the first five worlds up, and I'm just gonna keep plugging away. So, mm-hmm. Super Mario Maker Two is great. Um, I don't. Did we ever talk about Bloodstained? Bloodstained is awesome. I never played. I it. loved it. I got to the true ending. I want to play. Of course, it. I ha- I had to. I had to get to the true ending. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the the I I showed my true ending guide page to Janet, and she's like, "Holy crap, that ending is bonkers!" I'm like, "Yep, you got to do a lot of weird stuff to get to the ending and to get to the true ending in this game. It's not like uh, not like uh, Symphony of the Night. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. You got to do a lot of weird stuff. But yeah, well, I guess I guess Symphony of the Night you had to do some weird stuff like with the clock." Yeah. And glasses and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they had weird stuff in there. Yeah. But yeah, that's good. Uh, and then in the future, um, I'm... Uh, oh, I played Sonic for the first time. I played Sonic Mania. <laughs> yeah? How did and, that go? Uh, I don't understand anybody who thinks that Sonic is anywhere on the same level as Mario. I don't understand. I'm with it. you there. I don't... I personally don't think Sonic is all that great. But Sonic Mania is supposed to be like the good Sonic, Sonic Mania. Game. Is that the one you played? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, as much as I, it's it's, it's supposed to be like a mashup of all the good levels from all the different um, Sonic it's games. It's not. Right? Okay. It is a well. Some of them are, but it's a little bit more of like um, it's like a fan first, made remix. The first level is like Green Hill Zone kind of. Yeah. It's it's made by these like uh, by this like super fan who made a lot of like custom levels and stuff like ROM hacks. Um, and he oh, starts and he and it started actually a, got approved. Well, he started a studio and the studio made this. And so the idea was that Sonic Mania and Sega was cool with that. Uh, yeah, because they liked his wow. work. And I think they were probably just like Sonic Mania is the best Sonic game since like adventure. Like so in the last decade. Uh, but yeah. like I what I appreciated about it, even though I'm not that big of a Sonic fan, was First of all, the opening theme slaps so hard. Uh, yeah. It is probably one of the coolest pieces of video game music that's ever been written. Um, wow. That straight up fight me. But uh, on top of that, um, it, it takes stages that you are familiar with. Like if you're someone like me who played a lot of Sonic as a kid, you know, um, it takes a lot of that stuff remixes it in different ways and then does a lot of surprising things that you're not expecting like did you get to the i got legitimately to the second level and was like this game sucks okay and sonic is not for me so they do at one part um which is hilarious because i have played i've legitimately played green hill zone stage like maybe four or five times in my life, and that's the only. And then, and then I try to start the next level, and I'm like, "This is just not. It's just not good. It's just not good." Like, I'm sorry if you love Sonic and if this is like the, 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 the song of your childhood, but this is. We were kids then, and we liked a lot of dumb stuff. I think that if wasn't you, good. that's true. But like, I think if you are someone who played it a lot as a kid, which you didn't. So like it, this, it's not going to have that. I played battle toads all the time as a kid. Like we liked crap. Yeah. So stuff. if there was a battle toads mania, you would probably appreciate it. So like I, I, again, I don't I mean, really... I revisited battle toads recently when it came to Xbox 
what was it? It was it was on somewhere. Oh, Rare Replay. When it was in Rare Replay, I revisited. Game's not very good. Yeah, it's okay. But the the point is that I'm trying to say is like, yeah. If you're someone who grew up with this stuff, like you can probably appreciate it a little more. Like, there's also a uh, uh, you didn't get to it, but there are there are actually some cool surprises. Even for someone like me who wasn't a fan, who I actually was like, you know what? That's really cool. Um, like. Is it like like betraying your expectations? Yes. Uh, yeah. See, I I love the idea of that. It's just the 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 mechanics there they, are just well, they're, they're for other people. There is a boss fight later where it makes it seem like it's going to be that boss fight you remember from whatever Sonic game they ripped the boss fight out of. But then it it you go through a thing and then it pans down and the boss fight is you playing Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Like, oh, they actually put the Mean Bean Machine game in Sonic Mania, and so to beat the boss, it's like you doing versus mode in that game. And it's interesting. actually, like, I had a huge grin on my face, even though I was, like, even though I wasn't, you know, super enjoying the game because it's whatever, but, like, I actually thought that surprise was really... It's a cool misdirect. Actually, no, cool. I, I so I remember what it, what it was, what made me quit. Uh, there's, a, there's a part, I think, fairly early on in the game where... Uh, Dr. Robotnik is chasing you in this giant mech and you basically have to jump up on ledges and then jump back on his head uh, before you get to the bridge that he destroys and then you fall to your death. Uh-huh. And it wasn't really clear to me what I was supposed to do. Uh, and by the time that I had kind of figured out that it wasn't just run away from this guy, it was, oh no, I actually need to defeat him and not just escape. Uh, and then I ran out of room and I was just like, you know what? Uh, it's just, ah. and then I was done. It's fine. Mario maker's better. It, it's, it's, it's one, it's one of those things where it's like <clears throat> that in a game, like requiring you to figure out what happens. And if you don't like, you need to go back and try it again. Wouldn't be a problem, but it was just that I was so nonplussed by the basic mechanics of the game that if any sort of hurdle was placed in front of me, I was just like, uh, I'm just going to go home. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not going to jump over any of your little hurdles that you want. Like, I, this is not, this is not fun enough for me to engage in any of your shenanigans. Tidy so, shenanigans. Anyway, but that, that was, that A was a ringing about endorsement that. for Sonic Mania. <laughs> Sonic Mania, go get it. <laughs> and if you don't just listen to the opening theme, cause it slaps real hard. It's real good. Speaking of speaking of slaps, uh, listen. Just sit on the on the the screen the the starting screen for Baba is you. That intro music is just really good. All right. A little bit of syncopation in it. It's very good. Cool. It's very very good. All right. So shall we shall we shall we get out of here? Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for episode 134 of The Platformers. If you have opinions on anything we said in this show or any previous ones, I know we've got some hot takes out there uh, in this one. Uh, Or you want to recommend topics of discussion, or you want to just tell us how we sound like a bunch of sleepy boys on this one. Uh, let us know. As I said earlier, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ribnax, R-I-B-N-A-X. You can find me on Twitter at the Jawa Josh, and if you'd like to hear me talk a bunch about Star Wars, you can go to a starwarspodcast.com or search for Long Time Ago Radio on all of your favorite podcast services. We were supposed to have posted an episode this week, but uh, we had tons of scheduling conflicts, so we're posting it. 
uh, next week, and it is all about something that I find very fascinating, and it is what I call alternate force users, which are force users that don't subscribe to the binary Jedi Sith mantra. So we're going to talk about the Bendu. We're going to talk about the Night Sisters. Um, we're going to talk about the the Witches of Dathomir and like all kinds of weird things like that. So that should be that should be fun. Cool. Yeah. Mm. Are we uh, are we talking about uh, DC? DC. Which are talking about? Oh, oh yeah, Dark Corridors. Yeah, we were on a little bit of a hiatus with that, but I think next week we're gonna do an episode about Alien. Um, yes. I think a friend of mine is gonna Just join to be, us. To be super that. clear, is, to be super clear, Dark Corridors is uh, yes. our podcast network's uh, horror movie podcast. Yeah. Um, I we might be moving feeds soon, and I figured if we're gonna do it at any time, why not now when we only have two episodes? So, (laughs) so we're going to do that probably pretty soon. Cause I think I'm going to move it over to anchor. Um, not on my portfolio website, you know? Um, so we'll let people know, uh, like when that's happening, but yeah, that should definitely, definitely go check out the first two episodes. Um, it's really, it's really fun. The, the general pitch, I would say, if you're trying to figure out what it is, it's not just a scary movie podcast. It is a horror movie podcast with two uh, horror movie enthusiasts and one horror movie uh, <laughs> novice, uh, which is me, who doesn't really like scary movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's kind of the pitch. The, they are both very knowledgeable about all the movies that we're going to watch, and I typically don't know jack squat about any of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so I come in and basically, basically it's like it's like a reacts to like really famous horror movies. Uh, I would say it's like a book club. That's that's true. That's true. It is a horror movie book club podcast. Uh, yeah. And so so far we've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. And uh, The Shining. Yes. Uh, and I didn't know anything about The Shining uh, before I watched this. And it was kind of crazy to go through all of that. Yeah. Uh, so um, definitely listen to me, like, lose my stuff <laughs> talking about that movie. So, yeah, I, I think the next so. episode we're going to do is Alien. Um, yeah. and then, Which I have seen. So Yeah. And then we're going to do, I think, The Vault finally after that. But we'll... We'll figure out. Um, we having uh, we having the boy on for that one for the vault. Yes, we'll have Adam on. I think a f- I think another friend of mine expressed who's also like really diehard about horror movies. He expressed interest in coming on about Alien because it's his favorite horror movie of all time. Um. So we'll 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 talk about doing that at some point. This cool. Week. Yeah. So just stay tuned to our twitters. Um. To see our the tweet latest updates about that. Our is. Yeah. Cool. Uh, please review us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you have a good time with the show, tell friends about it because we do not advertise. And basically that's the only way anybody ever hears about anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. All right. From everybody here at the platformers, we hope that you all have a wonderful week because until next time we are out. <laughs>